how many of you are going onto YouTube this week and rewatching the 2018 Ohio State Purdue game? No one? Not even a single person. I mean, if you're a Purdue fan, maybe. But Ohio State fans, we got got no biters there. Nobody wants to go back and watch. Maybe I'll do that for Two Stripe CPD, but probably not. Uh, welcome into today's show, everybody. I couldn't think of an intro, so I'm just gonna roll with that. Uh, my name is Colton Denning. I'm the host of this show right here. It's Scarlet and Gray Stripes, a subset of the Two Stripes podcast. Uh, if you're a first time listener. I promise every show intro and every show is this bad, uh, but just stick along with it. There'll be some good stuff later on in this episode. Uh, follow along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, leave a star rating. A few of you have done that recently, and it's tremendously helped. Same with those of you who have follow- followed along on Spotify. We're up to 25 followers, baby. Let's go. And that may not seem like a lot, but like when you make stuff, when you do a podcast or a YouTube channel, which you can also uh, watch my YouTube videos, youtube.com slash Colton Denning. But whenever you do something like that, you very much under anticipate. Is that a word? You don't realize just how hard it is to make like one, even one or two people listen or watch what you're doing. It is extremely hard. So for those of you who do it, I really appreciate you. So follow along with the show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud.com, slash Two Stripes Pod, uh, YouTube. I already mentioned YouTube.com slash Colton Denning. The Ohio State Purdue Simulator vid will be up in a couple of days. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Uh, I'll also have the regular Two Stripes Podcast coming out tomorrow after this one, talking about everything else going on in Week 11 in college football and then go on over to twostripecpd.com for all of my college football writing, dumb picks of the week, all of that good stuff. All right, that's all out of the way. Let's talk about Purdue, shall we? And I, I mentioned the 2018 game. This is the first time Ohio State has played since that a fateful, just awful night in West Lafayette when they got blown out, and that was their only loss of the season, right? Kept them out of the playoffs, rightfully so, I would say. But this is the first time these two teams have played since then. A lot has happened since then in college football and in the world. But we're going to break down this game uh, and just try to figure out what what our feelings are. This is a a therapy session. We're going to work through our feelings here and try to deduce what there is to preview about Purdue and how this game might look. But first we got to do our usual on these preview episodes and check in and see if there's any news around the Ohio State football lexicon. And there's really not outside of uh, Ryan Day said today that it sounds like Garrett Wilson is practicing today on Tuesday, which would seem like it would be a go that he's playing on Saturday. And I mean, if it's not a go, it's at least a good sign that we'll see Garrett Wilson back in the lineup against Purdue. Probably good because they're going to have to score some points in this game, which we will get to and how this game might be a shootout. Uh, but good good news on that front that at least he is practicing. No real other stuff from day there outside of uh, him and Kevin Wilson just still defending that dog shit play call for C.J. Stroud to throw the ball that he ultimately fumbled on late in the fourth quarter. But I already went through that on last uh, episode of the podcast. If you want to go back and check that out, you can get all my thoughts on that play call. Uh, but we'll we'll skip that for this one and jump straight into 
Purdue talk. Does that that sound good to you? Just uh, 25 minutes of Purdue and and what to think about this game. And I brought up the 2018 game at the start of this because I feel like that's at the forefront of everybody's mind uh, this this weekend. And it it doesn't help on like the nervous scale that Purdue has already beaten two top five teams this year, Iowa and then Michigan State last week. As I'm recording this, they're still not ranked. I'm assuming they'll make the uh, they'll make the top 25 of the college football playoff uh, tonight. And they're six and three right now. And this is a pretty damn good Purdue team. And they have this reputation of upsetting top five, top 10 teams plus 2018 to go along with it from the Ohio State perspective. So I feel like everybody's uh, nerves are high this week, whether you're within the Ohio State football program or you're just a fan, and that's it all makes sense. And so uh, how, how nervous are you on a scale of 1 to 10? If I had to guess, I'd probably say most of you are around like the 7 to 8 range with the Purdue stuff. And with what we saw the last two weeks and just the Nebraska game coming off of that game and how that all happened last week, everybody is probably very nervous about this one. And that makes sense. But I actually feel pretty good. I feel better than I did going into the Nebraska game about this one. And I think Purdue is a much, maybe not a much better team. They're a much more, uh, they're a better coach team for sure. They're more well-rounded than Nebraska is I think that Purdue's highs, what they what Purdue does well is much better than what Nebraska does well. Maybe not with their defense, but I think Purdue's offense is better than Nebraska's defense. So that's a, a big place where Purdue can attack. I'll talk about that here. Um, but I, I actually feel pretty good about this one. I think the way that Ohio State has played the last two weeks, uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see them come out uh, w- with some fire and come out feeling pretty pissed off with the way that they've played uh, the last two games. And really, that's just talking about the offense because the defense has played pretty well. But I think that you're going to see the most complete game from Ohio State. And there's no reason that they should be uh, asleep at the wheel for this one, given what Purdue has done in beating Michigan State, ruining their undefeated season last week. So it's not like I'm expecting Ohio State to be... uh, taking Purdue lightly I would hope not and Day referenced that in his press conference today that they have a very good scheme very good players all that usual coach speak stuff but that there's no uh it's not like Purdue is just coming in after beating Indiana or uh, Illinois or whatever They're, they're coming in on a hot streak right now and they can't take them lightly so I actually think that that's a good thing for Ohio State that Purdue has been on this run uh, that they've been on recently. So it gives them no time to really overlook them. But there are definitely things that I'm worried about here. And I'll, I'll just go through them because what I have in my notes is just things I'm worried about, about Purdue ranked. And the first one of those is I'm sure for everybody else, they're number one. And what they do best, they throw the ball, namely, they throw the ball to David Bell. And David Bell is a dude who is just a joy to watch at receiver. He's torn up uh, Iowa this year. He's torn up Iowa his whole career. He has like 600 career receiving yards in three games against them, but he had a huge game again last week against Michigan State. And for the season, he's got 64 catches for 100, 100, 1,003 yards and five touchdowns, 
had 240 on 11 catches against Iowa and then 217 on 11 catches for a touchdown last week, including some catches that put the game away. And Michigan State just could not find a way to contain him. And for me, where this game really starts and stops for Ohio State is uh, whether what their plan is against David Bell. Are you just going to stick down Zell Burke on him? Are corners going to float in and off of him? Seven Banks, Cam Brown, whatever. Uh, that should be priority number one, is trying to limit the damage that David Bell does to you. And Wisconsin did a really good job of that a few weeks ago. And that was my main takeaway from that game was that, hey, Wisconsin basically just said, anybody but David Bell, try to beat us, but we're going to do our best to kind of lock this guy down. And I think that that's the best strategy here. So maybe that's sticking Denzel Burke on him. I don't know. Maybe that's doubling him. But I feel like that's priority number one for this defense. And he can he can really do it all. He, he's the type of guy that can go downfield. He can take a short pass and break a couple tackles, get 15, 20 yards, even just hard yardage. David Bell is a complete receiver, and he's a dude that's just as good as Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, or Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, you're not going to see a lot of guys on Ohio State's schedule that you can say that about, but I feel pretty confident that uh, this dude is just as good as anybody that Ohio State has, and that is saying something because that's the best receiver room in the country. So stopping David Bell for me is really not stopping him, but just limiting his damage is the first thing, the the biggest step Ohio State can make towards winning this game. The second one is really in concert with that, and it's just the larger discussion of Purdue's offense and their pass game because they're not just David Bell, and even if you do limit his damage, it's not like they can't beat you in other ways with their receivers because they have, uh, let me see here, I've got it written down here. They have eight dudes with at least 15 catches this season. And they had eight guys with at least a catch last week. So it's not like David Bell is just the the go-to 1995 Michael Irvin, if you want to go back to pro football reference and see that. Like, he's not, get, David Bell isn't getting 15, 25 targets a game and nobody else is doing anything. Purdue has six, seven guys at different positions, wide receiver, tight end. They throw to the running back. Uh, they give running, they give wide receivers handoffs, jet sweeps. So they have a bunch of different guys in variety within the passing game and their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell threw 54 times last week for 536 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. So they're going to air the ball out. And this is as much as I said last week was the true test of Ohio State's secondary. And I think for the most part, they passed that test other than really just two massive breakdowns by the same two players. And you can damn well bet that uh, Brian, Brian Brom, Jeff Brom saw that and is going to attack that. Um, I, I think that they showed a lot of improvement last week and they've got another tough test with Purdue this week between Bell, Milton Wright, Payne Durham, and Jackson Anthrop. They just use all these dudes in different ways. Uh, and Jeff Brom is one of the best play callers slash just creative minds in the country. And that's really like, that leads me to the third thing that I'm, I'm worried about when it comes to Purdue in this game. And that's just Jeff Brom and his ability to, uh, if you want to use the football guy cliche, just scheme up. Jeff Brom can really scheme up some plays, but he gets everybody the ball in different ways offensively. Anthrop, 
has 15 carries as a wide receiver this season. He got a couple against Michigan State. I think one of them was in the red zone. And of course, I, one of the plays that he uh, he had his biggest play of the game and probably the craziest play of all of last week in college football was that reverse throwback pass for the touchdown where they had like six, it, it looked like it was like eight linemen that were just blocking as a convoy for him. But that's the type of wild shit that Jeff Brom can come up with. And you can bet that he's going to have at least one or two things ready in this game that, uh, that he's going to pull, he's going to pull something out. And, you know, they're, they're Purdue's going to get their yards in this game. They're going to score points and, you know, it's not going to be a indictment on the Ohio state defense. If they're giving up a bunch of yards to this Purdue team, there's, there's a reason this offense is so diverse and that they've put up big numbers against Iowa and against Michigan State last week. They're a damn good offense. So Jeff Brom, I'm for sure worried about that and how he's able or how he's going to attack this Ohio State defense and what kind of wild stuff that they draw up. And it's just beyond uh, play calls and getting receivers and tight ends and running backs involved in different ways. There are times where they'll have quarterbacks rotate in and out. They had one of their freshmen come on and he's like the running quarterback and they didn't really have any success with it last week, but it's just the, it's just the fact that he does things to just make you think and keep you honest. And something like that last week was definitely uh, something for Ohio state. Like, Hey, look, look at what we're doing here. So you know that they're going to be ready for it. And there's probably going to be a wrinkle from Jeff Brom's end for that, but they're going to get their yards. They're going to score some points. So the biggest key for me is that pressure that we've seen from Tyreek Smith, from Zach Harrison, from the rest of that defensive line. Uh, you just you need to keep that up, and that'll be a really fun battle to watch between Purdue's offensive line and those tackles against those two outside guys, and then the young guys and Sawyer and JTT when they come on. How much pressure is Ohio State able to generate from those guys and continuing continuing with the interior defensive line getting pressure as well. That might be the most important thing in this game to me because Purdue can't really run the ball. If there's one thing about them and one thing about this offense that it seems like they can't do, it's run the ball effectively. In seven games against Power 5 competition this year, they're averaging two and even two yards a carry. They have 222 carries for 447 yards in seven games against power five competition. So if like, if Purdue's having success running the ball, if it's not coming on these weird gadget plays, if they're just gashing Ohio state's defense, that'd probably be the most troubling sign to me because they're, they're going to be able to get their yards passing the ball. But if they're able to run, uh, it's, it's going to take some points to beat them in this game. But as of now, they they've proven that they really can't. So that should be an area that Ohio state has an advantage. And Hey, if you get, Purdue down to those second and eights, third and seven, third and 10, you got to get off the field. And they did a better job uh, against Nebraska in that regard than against Penn State. And they're going to need that again. So a lot of that pressure is really, to me, the biggest thing. They just need to continue to get that pressure from the defensive line. And if it's not coming, then uh, you need to scheme it up somehow with Cody Simon blitzes, Ronnie Hickman blitzes. We saw a sack from him against Nebraska. So those are the things to watch out for. And if Ohio State is consistently generating pressure, then I think that they're going to be able to get some turnovers off of that. And that's really the key 
to this game. I've spent all of this time talking about Purdue's offense because I think that that's that's the thing they do best, like I said. And I, Ohio State should be able to score points. Not that Purdue, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't think they're god-awful or anything, but their biggest firepower is with their offense. But they do have one of the best defensive players in the country who is going to be fun to watch, maybe not this week, but he he's a dude that can wreck a game, and it's George Karloftis, their defensive end. Uh, I've been watching this guy for the past couple of years. He had an amazing freshman season in 2019. He's going to get into the backfield. He's going to beat your tackles, and you just have to mitigate the damage that he does. He's everywhere, almost every single game I've watched of theirs. Even when the counting stats aren't there, he's pressuring the quarterback. He's kind of blowing up plays. He, you got to have two people on him or you got to have a running back chip. So George Karloftis to me on that other battle between Ohio State's offense and Purdue's defense, he's really the key. If they're just able to mitigate the damage that he can do, then it should be smooth sailing for the most part if the offense just doesn't turn the ball over. I haven't looked at the uh at the forecast weather-wise in Columbus, but provided that it's not just like a complete monsoon, then if they can if they can just block George Karloftis, which is a lot to ask, but if they can mitigate the damage and avoid turnovers, then they should be fine. They should be able to put up points. I would I'm gonna confidently say that the running game will be smoother this week. We haven't heard anything about offensive line updates, but I think that'll be better. Maybe see a little bit more variety in the run game, probably more master Teague this week, I would imagine, given Ryan Day's comments today that he wants to kind of take a little bit of the load off Travion Henderson. I think CJ Stroud will play better. Obviously it would help to have Wilson back in the lineup, but you know, if he's, if he's back, you get your full cadre of weapons. So I think the Ohio state offense will have their best game in what since Indiana, I guess was three games ago, right? Uh, since, since the Indiana game, I don't know if it'll be that good, but I would assume, and I'm going to predict that the Ohio State offense kind of gets back on track in this one. And I I think that they have to, because if you're just asking your defense to do what they've done the last two weeks, you're really just asking too much from them. So I think from a growth standpoint for Ohio State this week, this game came at the perfect time because the offense has to step up. Purdue's going to score points. They're they're gonna gain yardage. They're gonna make this a game, and they're gonna make you work for it. So it, it's time for the offense to figure it out, and it's time for the offense to be more efficient in the red zone, to block better in the run game, and to just kind of. I mean, the whole point of what I was talking about on the last episode was to not overcomplicate things. I would really like to see things just simplified. Get the ball to the playmakers this week, and just let your better talent go to work. So whether that's in the red zone, uh, short yardage, and just the general sloppiness. Like, you're going to get called for penalties. It's football. Uh, You're going to have holdings. You're going to have blocks in the back. You're going to have emotional penalties, personal fouls, whatever. That's just a part of the game. But the sloppiness, the uh, delay of games, the um, intentional grounding, penalties like that, false starts, they really have to clean that up from the last two games. So, And if they're able to do that, then, again – The offense should have their best day in about a month and hopefully add some explosiveness back to the offense that isn't just like the one uh, Jackson Smith 
in Jigba catch and run, maybe a little bit more run game explosiveness. And I'm not going to hold out hope for anything, but uh, is there a, is there a vertical passing game? Is that something Ohio State can at least show opponents that they're able to do complete passes down the field that aren't necessarily just over the middle, like down the hashes, down the sidelines? Uh, and this Purdue defense against Nebraska and then last week, well, against Nebraska first, they gave up 6.8 yards per play and then 7.2 against Michigan State last week. So the last couple of weeks, Nebraska and Michigan State pretty much got whatever they wanted and Michigan State, there were a couple of just costly mistakes that they made at very inopportune times, but it wasn't like they weren't moving the ball. Kenneth Walker had another huge day, so Ohio State should be able to get theirs offensively, and if they do that, then I think that they have an excellent shot at not only winning the game, but just putting together a strong performance. And honestly, this would be their best win of the season so far, depending on like if Penn State beats uh, Michigan on Saturday morning. So I think that this game is a real, what do people call it? What is what is the, the sports talk crowd? It's a statement game. It's a real t- chance for Ohio State to make a statement, statement to the country that Ohio State is is for real, that they beat Purdue. And jokes aside, beating a team that's already beaten two top five teams. And if they look impressive in doing it, then I think we can, we can start to feel more comfortable again, that they're working themselves out of kind of the malaise of the last two weeks. And more so what we saw in that middle portion, that four game stretch against, albeit weaker competition, but Hey, you, at this point of the season, at a certain point, like I've made fun of Ryan day for saying it, but You got to win the games first and foremost, you know, the style points, you'd love to have them, but the win of the, is the, the first thing that matters. But I honestly, let's just go out on the limb. I never make predictions here. I always think that that's really stupid. I don't care whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong about any of this stuff, but there's something talking through this game for me. And I, I mentioned not being as nervous about it, at least as of now, as I was about the Nebraska game. I think Ohio State's going to roll in this game. And it's not to say that uh, they're going to make Purdue look like shit. I think Purdue's going to get theirs offensively. Uh, They're going to hang in for as long as they can. But I really think Ohio State's mentality will be right on both sides of the ball and special teams, for that matter, this week. And this will be their most impressive win of the season. I think all of those factors combining with each other, kind of the not disappointment of the last couple of weeks, but just the feeling of leaving stuff on the table for the offense combined with how Purdue is coming into this game. I said earlier, it leaves them no, it leaves them no opportunity to take them lightly. And I think that that's something that's going to be very serious amongst that team this week is that, Hey, we're playing a really good squad who has embarrassed some teams this year and has come up and, did exactly what they did to this 2018 Ohio State team. Although this Purdue, this 2021 Purdue team is much better than the 2018 Purdue team was, but they can't take these guys lightly. I don't think they will. And honestly, I think all of those factors combining with each other, and now the defense has a ton of confidence that they can play against good offenses. I think that all adds up to Ohio State's best performance of the season, all things considered, and uh, their best win of the year so far. And this one. So can't wait to be wrong and come on here and talk about how much of an idiot that I was. But we'll get to that bridge when we cross it. Uh, That's pretty much it. Those are all the notes I have written down. 
I say this every single preview episode, but I just I hate these preview episodes because we all we all know what the matchups are. We all know what the stats are. Uh, you know, Ohio State has more talent. Purdue schemes up really well. Got to stop David Bell. Got to block George Karloftis. Run game has to get on track. C.J. Stroud has to get back on track. Uh, defense turnovers, pressure, get after the quarterback, force some turnovers. Uh, special teams continue to be great, win the field position battle, and you rack up another, you rack up the most impressive win of the season, and you move on to Michigan State in this final stretch of the season where you got both of the Michigan schools and uh, the Big Ten East is on the line, college football playoff is on the line, and all your goals are still right there. So we'll talk about all that and how this game shakes out and whatever else happens around the Big Ten and Michigan-Penn State for sure and how that game uh, turns out as well on the recap episode of this show. It'll drop It'll drop on Sunday. I always say either night of or next day. It's always next day. So look for that on Sunday in this feed. Also look for the full Week 11 preview around college football, Two Stripes podcast dropping on Wednesday morning. That'll be a really fun episode. Honestly, it'll be better than this one. So check that episode out there. Subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud.com slash Two Stripes Pod. Look for the SimVid up on Thursday, probably YouTube.com slash Colton Denning. Follow me on Twitter if you want, at DubsCo. Uh, the follower numbers went up and then... Uh, the, the new followers realized that I can be very negative about Ohio State and that dropped immediately, which is it doesn't bother me at all. It's it's always very funny in season to see how my thing fluctuates and then people realize like what I say and they're like, actually not. I don't want any part of this, but uh, I always get a chuckle out of that. But you can follow me on Twitter at Dubsco. And if you have uh, comments you want me to read on the postgame pod, that's where you send them right there. And then follow uh, Two Stripes CPD dot com for all of my other college football work yep that's that's it i'm getting out of here i gotta record this other podcast um i will catch you on sunday for the scarlet and gray stripes recap of the purdue game but until then i hope you have a wonderful middle portion of your week daylight savings time isn't meshing you up too much and uh we'll we'll get to the weekend in due time but until then i'm colton denning thank you for listening and i'll holler at you next time